Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Bibles turn to Luke chapter 18 with me. Uh, today I'm going to wrap up this sermon series that I've been teaching on called Identity Theft, uh, really reclaiming possession of who God has created you to be. Uh, if you remember over the last several weeks, one of our key verses of our memory verse is John 10:10. 10, 10. You remember what it is? It says, the thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill, to destroy, right? Uh, so part of Satan's job, because he is the thief, He wants to rob you of everything that Christ wants to do in and through your life. If he can't get you to deny Christ, then he'll get you not to become all that God wants you to be and live out your identity, true identity, in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we've talked about several different subjects. We talked about, first of all, how our identity is being stolen through relationships, robbed by relationships, right? Uh, folks are trying to discover who they are based in someone else. And so we, we can't do that, right? God has created us to be us. The second thing we talked about is how we're being mugged by the mirror. And that's really just looking at ourselves and thinking, boy, if only my nose wasn't so big. Or if only I could lose a few pounds. Or if only I had hair and didn't have to wear these glasses. And it goes on and on and on. We're being mugged by the mirror and we're trying to find our identity in how we look and how others perceive us. Well, that we're being robbed that way as well. Another way that we're being robbed, last week I talked about how we're being pickpocketed by the past. And we look back in our life and we see these negative experiences that we may have had. And we can't ever get away from it. Satan has incarcerated us to that event. And we think all of our life now is based off that one negative event. Uh, if you go back through the scripture and you study the patriarchs, you'll find that many of them had negative events in their life, but yet they were able to overcome that because of their faith in the Lord. And I hope you can do the same thing. We talked about that last week. Today I want to talk about stolen by success, how our identity can be stolen today by the perception of the world's view of what success looks like. And we see this unfolded for us in Luke chapter 18 with the rich, young ruler that came to the Lord. So I'm going to be real quick today. I'm going to wrap up this series today. We're going to be done talking about this after today. I intentionally played the little bit longer video clip because I personally have intentionally planned on being a little short. So in order to be a little short, I must get out of my introduction. The best way I know to do that is pray and get to point number one. Okay? So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for our time together today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, Thank you for the scripture. and Thank you for all these lessons that we've studied thus far. Lord, our prayer is today that we would become the people that you have called us to be. That we would live out our true identity found in the person of Jesus Christ. Not found in others. Not found in our own image of what we look like. Not found by our past experiences. But truly found 
in the person of Jesus Christ. And that starts with a relationship with the Lord. Father, if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, my prayer is that today would be the day of salvation for that individual. Because in and through you is the only way that we can ever discover our true identity. We ask your blessings on our time together today. We pray you open our hearts and our minds and, our, and give us exactly what it is that you would have us to receive today. And all God's people said, Amen. Let me give you a little summary of what I'm going to be talking about. Take out your sermon notes, by the way. There's actually three notes or three points that I'm going to try to drive home. Uh, two points are found in, in, or in verses 1 or point 1 and 2, the first two points. And then the third initial point that I'm going to close out on is finding our identity in Christ. But in Luke chapter 18, we find this rich young ruler that comes to the Lord. And we're going to talk today on how worldly success can oftentimes steal our identity from us. And really it has more to do with your heart than it has to do with your money. Okay? It has more to do with your heart than it does your money. And I want you to know it's not a sin to be wealthy. Okay? That's not what we're talking about here. Matter of fact, you can be dirt poor and your heart not be where it needs to be and it be focused on what you don't have and possessions you don't have and money you don't have and you can be dirt poor and apart from God. Okay, so we're going to look at that today and we're going to see how Satan can oftentimes steal our identity simply because of the successes that we have. And we see that in Luke chapter 18. Now, I'm not going to go and read all the verses again. I read those to you earlier. So I hope you're there. Let's get to number one. Number one is this. Our identity can be stolen by success when our image of success is driven by performance. Everybody say that. Driven by performance. Say it again. Driven by performance. So we can lose and we can allow Satan to steal our identity, who we are in Christ, whenever we get to the place where we are driven, we find our true identity by being driven by performance. If that's taking place in our life, then we're on the brink of having our identity completely stolen from us and not being the man, woman, boy, or girl that God has called us to be. Matter of fact, it asks the question, look what I have done, or makes the statement, look what I have done. Now, in Luke chapter number 18, I want you to look at something. I want you to notice the very first thing out of the mouth of this rich young ruler whenever he came to the Lord. He says in Luke 18, 18, he says... Good teacher, what must I, what's the next word, do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this rich young ruler was basing everything in his life off of his performance, okay? What it is he has been doing. No doubt in the world's eyes, he looked very successful, and no doubt in his eyes, he had done a lot of things to get him to that point, And he was worshiping the God of self, if you will, driven by his performance. Well, let me ask you a question. There's a fundamental problem with this. Let me ask you a question. Look at the next word in the verse. What must I do to inherit? What must I do to inherit? Let me ask you. What must you do? To inherit something from your parents. 
or something from a loved one in your family. What must you do to inherit that? What's the answer? Nothing. Let me tell you why. Because it's not about what you do. It's about the fact that you are the son or the daughter or a close relative. You have a relationship with that individual. Now, folks, that inheritances have been passed down from generation to generation. That is passed down not based on the results of what someone does. It's based on the result that they have a relationship with the individual that's passing down the inheritance. Matter of fact, legacy journey has a lot to do with that. It's talking about passing down your inheritance and your wealth to the next generation and paying attention to them. And you're going to learn some principles and things on how to do that. But here, I want you to see that there's nothing you can do to inherit something from your parents, nor is there anything that you can do to inherit salvation from the Lord. So this guy, no doubt, he was performance-driven, the rich young ruler. He was performance-driven his entire life. But there's a second thing I want you to see. I want you to look, and this is not point number two, but this is within this text. Look in verse number 19. I want you to look at Jesus' response to this rich young ruler in verse number 19. You see, he looks further than just the surface, just what the guy is doing or what the guy may have. He's looking a little further into the intent of the heart and the motive of the heart. And no doubt he's putting his finger on this proudful heart that this man has. Because he has achieved everything in his life by performance, by doing something. So he comes up to Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him in verse number 18, he said, no one is good except God alone. No one is good. And look what he says. He starts and he lists, if you will, look verse 20 in verse number 20. He lists these commandments. But I want you to take note that Jesus doesn't mention the first four commandments, which really has to do with our relationship with him. And he starts with the commandments that are seen on the outside, our relationship with other people and things that we do. Look what he says in verse 20. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. And the rich ruler said, All these I have kept since I was a boy. Performance driven again. And no doubt everybody around said, This is a great guy. This is a good guy. This is a guy that's got it all together. But Jesus looked a little farther. Everybody said, Well done, whenever the rich young ruler said, I've done all that since I was a boy. Except Jesus. He didn't say well done about that. Why? Because a performance-driven life is a life that Satan has stolen the identity from. It will rob you. If you find your identity based in how you perform on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. Now, I know, especially out in the secular world and the career-driven world that we live in today... It's pretty much all based off performance, right? And we got to be careful that we do not allow that to creep into our spiritual life. Because we're not accepted based on what we do. We're accepted into Christ based on what He has done. And I'll get to that point in just a moment. 
So if our image of success is driven by performance, our identity, friends, is being stolen. Let me give you point number two. Not only driven by performance, but our identity can be stolen by success when our image of success is focused on possessions. Not only driven by performance, but focused on possessions. Now, this says not look, not what must I do. This says, look what I have. Look at all these possessions that I have. Whenever we get to the place where we think if we just acquire more and more stuff and we start putting our trust in the stuff, we're in trouble. Are you with me? It's not about the stuff. And you've heard the old, um, the old saying, Life is about whoever has the most toys at the end wins, right? You've heard that. Whoever has the most toys wins. Well, that may be how the world looks at you and defines success, but that's certainly not how the Lord looks to you and defines success. So it's not about your possessions. It's not about what you have. Now, this rich young ruler, he was a wealthy guy. He had a lot of stuff, okay? He was, if you will, the Oprah Winfrey of Jerusalem. He was the Judge Judy of Jerusalem. He was the Bill Gates of Jerusalem. He was the Warren Buffett of Jerusalem. I mean, all these wealthy, wealthy people, that's who this man was. But once again, I've already alluded to this. I want you to look in verse number 22. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and... Follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Now, once again, here's where I want to drive home the point. The problem with this rich young ruler was not the fact that he had a lot of wealth. The problem with this rich young ruler was his heart. His heart was tied to his performance And his heart was tied to his possessions. If I perform well and I get enough stuff, I'll be perceived from everybody in the world to have it all together and have success. And Jesus now is drawing attention to what his heart is worshiping, which is his wealth. Now, once again, I want you to understand that this really is not a lesson about money or an issue about money. It's a heart issue. Poke your neighbor on the shoulder right now and say it's a heart issue. I want you to get this. It's a heart issue with this individual. You see, because here's the deal. You can have monetary riches. You can be extremely wealthy. But your heart can be focused on Christ and you will be okay. Right? You can be dirt poor And not have a dime in the bank. And not know where the next meal is going to come from. And your heart be focused on the possessions you don't have. The money you don't have. And you're always trying to get more and more stuff. And more and more money. Your heart is far from God. You're in trouble. So it's not whether you got wealth or not. don't have wealth. It's not whether you're wealthy And the wealthy can't be spiritual, and you're dirt poor, and the dirt poor are spiritual. It has nothing to do with that. Are you with me? It has to do with your heart. 
That's why Jesus put his finger on the heartbeat of this rich young ruler. And he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Well, the rich young ruler didn't want to do that. Why? Because that's what his heart was tied to. It was tied to his possessions. So I just want you to understand, there's not a sin in being wealthy. Okay? Matter of fact, I believe God really wants to bless us and bless you probably more than you really want to be blessed. But the reason he does it, doesn't is because he knows we can't handle the wealth. Say amen or on me. All right? Possibly if he knew he could trust you and your heart would not be turned against him and you would use the wealth that he wants to give you to turn around and be a blessing to others and give to others and give to his work and give to his ministry. It may be, I don't know, but it may be that he would bless you if he knew he could trust you. Right? Because really it's all about stewardship. And what is a steward? We've, we've had this series. What is a steward? Just a manager. Who owns it all? We don't. God does. God owns everything. We're just to manage what it is that he places into our possession. I think I have a slide for this. I want you to get this. Failure is to succeed at something that doesn't really matter. I think I have a slide. Failure is to succeed at something that doesn't really matter. I left it in my office And I had to go dig out of my file cabinet to find one of these. You remember the old three-and-a-half drive floppy disk? You remember the five-inch, five-and-a-quarter-inch floppy disk that we used to put in our computers? I remember back in the day before computers, before laptops, before these phones, I had a a brother word processor. I don't know, anybody remember that? The brother word processor? That's what I had all my sermons in. That's what I studied. That's what I did everything on. And it had a three-and-a-half drive floppy disk. Now, at the time, whoever, whoever created that was brilliant, right? No doubt they made a lot of money off those three-and-a-half floppy disks. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it really didn't matter. That is so obsolete today. Matter of fact, I don't know how many of you guys watch Neil Cavuto on the business Fox Network. And I love to watch Neil Cavuto and I follow his blog and I read after a lot of the things that he says. And uh, he did a whole dialogue about what used to matter before it didn't or what did matter before it doesn't. And he went on and gave this whole list of things that were the thing to have until something else came along and now it's gone. Three and a half drive floppy disk is one. The five inch floppy disk is another. And it goes on. You still have some? <laughs> Matter of fact, in my safety deposit box at the bank, I've got a safety deposit box there and I put things in there, obviously, that you don't want to be burned up in a fire. And I have a few of those floppy disks. I thought back in the day, I need to take pictures and, and documents and put them all on this floppy disk and go put it in the safety deposit box. And I was at the bank a while back and pulled out that box, looked at it, and I thought, I don't have a thing in the world that would read this. I've got to update this, right? Wouldn't it be a failure to succeed at something that doesn't really matter? What is it that you're trying to succeed at? What is it that's driving you every single day? What is it that you're trying to gain in life? Well, I think it's going to be a failure. If you succeed at something, that really doesn't matter. Jesus said something like that in Luke 9 and verse number 25. And he said, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world? Finish it for me. And lose his own soul. Gain the whole world and lose his own soul. So success, and I have a slide for this one, Charlie. 
Success in the world without success for eternity is really no success at all. Would you agree? Success in the world without success for eternity is really no success at all. So you're on the brink of having your identity stolen if you're driven by performance and you're driven by possessions. Well, how can we have a successfully secure identity? And that's point number three, and I'm going to close with this one. Point number three is this. It's when our image of who I am today is centered on Christ. It's all about what He has done, what He is doing. It's all about looking to Him. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, which is the author and the finisher of our faith. Living a life so that one day we can hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Enter in. I'll make you ruler over many things. I want to hear the Lord say that one day. I want to please the Lord more than anything else in my life. I'm not driven by my relationships. I'm not driven whether the world approves me or accepts me or not. I'm not driven by what I look like. That's not my identity. I'm a bald-headed, 52-year-old, overweight guy with glasses that tries his best to live for the Lord. I'm not finding my identity in what I look like, right? I'm not finding my identity on my performance. I'm not finding my identity in my possessions. My identity is founded in the person of Jesus Christ plus and minus nothing. That's why Monday morning can be a good day. I don't get up on Monday thinking, oh, dear Lord, it's Monday. I get up, hey, Lord, it's Monday. Amen? Tuesday is a good day. Wednesday is a good day. Every day is a good day. Why? Because my identity is not in my career. It's not in whether I have the approval of somebody else. My identity, friends, is in the person of Jesus Christ. I am clothed in the righteousness of Christ. I'm no longer walking around in the sinful, carnal being of John Cannon. I don't have my own ungodly, worldly accomplishments and desires. I want to accomplish some so that I can give more. I want to get so that I can give. I want to be a conduit that's tapped into the heavens of God and allowing God to bless in and through my life. I want to give the Lord the honor and the glory for everything in my life. Amen? When you wake up like that every morning and your identity's founded in the person of Jesus Christ, it will give you a paradigm shift like you've never had before. And you talk about successful. You can be successful with or without money because success is not based on that. It's based on who our true identity is founded in. And that is in the person of Jesus Christ. Band, you can come. I'm done. This series is over. I want you to find your identity in Jesus and not in these other things. But one final verse I want to give you. Colossians 3. And I think I have scripture reading for this, Charlie. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. You need to get a hold of this. This is who you are. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. It says, since then you have been raised. Let me read it right here. My translation is a little different. Let me read it right here. So if you have been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above, where the Messiah is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what is above. Not on what is earth. Verse number three. 
For you have died. The old man is dead. You have died. And your life is hidden in Christ with the Messiah in God. That's who you are. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Your identity is not how the world may perceive you, how relationships may perceive you, what your possessions may be, what your performance looks like, or even what you look like. I am John Cannon. Born again. In 1975, November the 12th, I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Now, I haven't been a perfect individual all those years, but I will tell you this. I am clothed in perfection because I am clothed in Jesus Christ. When God the Father looks over the portals of heaven, He doesn't see John Cannon, the old sinful guy. He sees His Son, Jesus Christ. And He looks back to the day When his name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life on November the 12th, 1975. And he said, that's my boy. That's John. Oh, he's far from perfect. He certainly has his flaws, but he's covered by the blood. (laughs) He lives every day in the person of Jesus Christ, my son. One one day I'm going to welcome him home. Guys, that's our true identity. Our identity is in Christ. And if you're struggling with that, I want to just encourage you today to turn your eyes, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Look to Him and live out His purpose and His plan in your life. And I promise you, life will get a whole lot sweeter and a whole lot happier. You see, oh, I could go on and on about this. i got to stop. It's not about what you have in the bank, friends not about chasing the next dollar or getting the next promotion. It's about living in Jesus. When you learn to do that, you're going to be happy. You're going to be successful. You're going to be laying up treasure in heaven that the devil and anybody else can't steal. So I want to encourage you to walk in Jesus every single day. Walk in the newness of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together today. Satan is going to and fro in this earth, seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to rob the identity of your children by helping us discover that in relationships or in our own appearance or whether we're accepted by others or whether our past may inhabit us or whether it may be material possessions and performance-driven lives. Lord, help us to realize that there's nothing in this world that we'll ever do that calls you to love us anymore. Nor is there anything we'll ever do that calls you to love us any less. You love us. You proved that when you allowed your son to die on the cross. And you, according to Isaiah 53, placed the sin of the entire world on your beloved son. And he died and was buried and rose again. And because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not because of baptism, not because of church membership, not because of performance-driven, doing good living, But because of your Son, Jesus Christ, we now find a new identity. 
One day, one day we'll be able to make heaven our home. Not because of what we did, but because of what you have done. So may we all leave here today saying, let me show you who Jesus is. Look to Jesus. Let me tell you what he has done. Let me share with you what he is doing. Let me just brag on Jesus today. Boy, if we could do that, every day would be a great day. Help us, Lord, to live out our identity in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.